jobs. Our jobs are really important to us men. We rely on it to be able to support ourselves, support our families if we have one, and also to give us a sense of purpose. But what does healthy masculinity actually look like in the workplace? Today, I have a very special guest, Christopher Cassidy, who's a vice president from the commercial department in Gojek, where I work. We'll be talking about this topic in today's episode. This is a topic I've wanted to do for a while, and I'm glad Chris has managed to take time out of his busy schedule to join me today. Chris has had years of experience with several different roles in several different countries, and he provides a lot of wisdom in today's discussion that I can't wait to share with you guys. So without further ado, let's get started. So today, I have the honor of inviting one of my colleagues to record an episode, Chris Cassidy. So Chris is one of the vice presidents in uh, Gojek, where I work. And Chris, actually, can you explain a bit on like what you do right now? I know there's a lot of there's been a lot of changes the past few months. Hey, hey, everyone. I'm Chris. Uh, first, first and foremost, thanks, Steve, for uh, for giving the time and opportunity to to kind of share a bit of my story to uh, to everyone who hears on this podcast. So just a little bit about what I'm doing. Um, in Gojek, is a bit interesting, right? Uh, it's, it's a little bit like a like a ride in a way. So things are uh, very dynamic and things are changing quite a bit. But I think essentially, if I can summarize what I do and what me and my team do, is is basically we are we are here to kind of um, help our business partners, which in this case is the retail merchants. To grow their business better and how Gojek can help them uh, to grow their business. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the short short answer to that. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah, thanks, Chris, for coming. Um, I know you're very busy, and unlike the guests that I've had in this podcast so far, you're I think compared to the rest of us, you're an actual you know a grown responsible adult <laughs> with a family uh, to take care of, and also you know having had a lot of experiences. So yeah, I really appreciate you giving the time today to share your wisdom to my mostly millennial audience. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, I do think that through this podcast, you know, I really wanted to sort of show people, right, the conversations I've had with uh, the people in my circle about manhood and what it's like to you know be uh, a good, mature man in this day and age can get, can get quite confusing. And I do think that the conversations we've had so far are really good and insightful to me. And so it's something that I do want to share uh, with the people listening right now so that hopefully they can learn something from it as well. Um, I think you've had a lot of really great experiences, uh, you know, professionally. And I think you're the perfect person to be able to speak into this topic. Wow. You're, you're, you're basically giving lots of good words. There. Thank <laughs> you so much, Steve. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm the same like, like all of you uh, here. Uh, that um, you know, I'm 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 just I'm just like any any normal person. I'm still learning, and and I think uh, learning is a journey for for everyone in that sense. Yeah, but but thanks again, thanks again for uh, for for finding what I have shared to you uh, interesting and and useful, and I'll be more than happy to kind of share this with uh, with 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 your friends. Yeah, yeah, 
So yeah, I guess to start, can you just maybe give uh, you know all of us here a brief overview of your career, right? I know you've had a lot of different positions and you've also lived in a lot of different countries. So can you just talk a little bit about what that's like? Yeah, sure. So I, I was born in, in Jakarta. I was, I'm was i Indonesian in a way. And uh, my, my journey starts in uh, when I was 15, when, uh, when I start, start, started studying in Singapore. So um, by God's grace at the time, I, I basically was offered a scholarship. So I went there for my middle school, um, high school, and university in, in Singapore. And after that, I, I, I work in Singapore on a completely different field that I'm doing now. So to, to mention, I think, you know, as, as a high level, I think my career experience, work experience has been pretty interesting. Um, I do have in mind on a very high level where I wish to go. Uh, but a lot of things that happen, the different type of work that I'm doing and different positions that I'm holding is not so much planned. And uh, a lot of it was kind of surprise, kind of open up to me. Uh, but some of that are really unthinkable and it just came up, you know. So my undergraduate studies is actually in chemical engineering. So I'm an engineer. And, and to be totally honest, one of the reasons why I took chemical engineering at the time was uh, one, I mean, I kind of like chemistry, which is completely a different and wrong reason for me taking chemical engineering because chemical engineering has got not much of chemistry. <laughs> and, and second, at the time was that, well, it pays pretty good yeah, for a chemical engineering graduate. So I started with that and I work in a company uh, that does, does provide services for offshore exploration, basically. So that's where I started. That I, I work as an engineer for about a year, and then I still with the same company. I moved to a different function, which is a little bit more like project management, where I do not need to kind of be an expert on one domain, but I need to be a generalist for all kinds of different disciplines, and and that kind of helped me to groom different types of skills. You know, being able to do systems thinking, linking one thing from uh, another, and what's the implications of this to that, and then the subsequent domino effects and so forth, and then collaborating with different people of different disciplines and not just that, but how to uh, make the team come together and I say work together as a team. So that's pretty a challenging experience, which is very interesting. And then there comes mm. an opportunity for me to actually move to the US for a company assignment. So again, it was something that is unexpected to just to be uh, clear and for everyone that as part of my life, uh, I'm also a Christian in a way. So uh, that thought, that perspective, that will view pretty much affects a lot of consideration that I'm doing and I'm, I'm having. So the reason why I said this is because before I was kind of sent to the U.S., I, I kind of made an uh, appeal, basically, right? I've been praying a bit about, about this and that uh, because, I, because of my scholarship, I was kind of bonded for six years to work in a Singapore company. And my plan was at the time, I want to go back to Indonesia. So at the same time, I, I prayed that um, I would very much wish to have an experience that is out of Singapore before I go back to Indonesia, because that would enrich my experience. And then, interestingly enough, you know, then I, I was, I, I had that opportunity to work in the U.S. So I went to the U.S. and it was kind of a surprise. Like I just, I just got married. And I, like two months after, suddenly I was told, I was asked by my boss that, hey, we found you interesting and suitable for this role. Uh, would you like to go to the U.S. to, uh, to, take, this, uh, to take this job? And so I, I had a house, which I, I spent, uh, quite a bit, basically, or renovation and stuff like that, uh, which I have to leave uh, after two months, yeah? So it was quite a surprise. So when I, when I was in the U.S., I'm, I'm still in a kind of project management role, but it was kind of more interesting because uh, the project covers three, three geographies. Uh, the team is located at, in Brazil, in Houston, and in Singapore. So juggling between different uh, cultures, I'll say, 
different work habits, different time zone, right? It's, it's very interesting. Another whole lot of learning opportunities. So after that, I had the kind of the option or the opportunity to stay in the US or go back to Singapore. But at the time, I, I'm still hanging on to the uh, this idealistic idea that I had since high school that I want to go contribute back to Indonesia, right? So I decided that, okay, uh, I just I just go back now to Indonesia. And, and even if, let's say, my past is supposed to be in the US in the long run, then for some reason, somehow, that I'll be back anyway. So then I took that leap of faith, and then I went back to Singapore. And that's where I took uh, MBAs part-time. And, and that, uh, there I changed role again. I changed role to corporate development. It was, again, a good opportunity because I was on my MBA, and, and, and this is very complementary to what I'm learning. Uh, so in that sense, what I learned in class is going to reinforce and help me at my work. And what the experiences that I got at work, that provides more value, more insights to what I, what I picked up uh, in school. So it was, it was a wonderful experience. So I did that for about one and mm-hmm. a half years. Uh, then again, it was time for me, basically, uh, in my mind that it was time for me to make a move back to Indonesia. So I went to one career fair, basically, and uh, my main pitch to the recruiters there was that I have overseas experience, I'm Indonesian, and I want to be placed back in Jakarta. And there's one uh, recruiter at the time who was uh, interested, but the position that was available was in Singapore. So I told them, nah, um, thank you so much for having interest in me, but I am really looking at opportunity in Indonesia. So if there's an opportunity open in the future, um, yeah, this is my resume. Feel free to reach me out. And surprisingly enough, about one, two weeks after, I got a call from them saying that, hey, would you like to have an interview with one of our regional VPs? Uh, they were interested with your profile. So I went ahead with the interview. Mm-hmm. And then simply put, they, they asked me to go to, to go to Indonesia, to Jakarta, to do interview with the managing director there. So I went, uh, I went there and, and, and it was, it was quite smooth. And then I, I was hired by that company without knowing what will I be doing, without knowing what specifically, <laughs> uh, my job scope is going to be. So I just jump in straight ahead because again, this is related to my belief and worldview in that sense that, you know, these things like, you know, drop from the sky in a way. And it was, uh, on something that I've been praying about, uh, and got pretty much open door for me. So uh, I went straight uh, head in and just be completely open-minded about it. And very interesting that two weeks into my job, uh, well, I started to gather around what will I be doing. And obviously there is somebody who's still there who has a job scope is is uh, pretty much identical to what I'm supposed to be doing. And then I was told yeah. that, yeah, we have uh, a bit of redundancy here in the, in the headcount. And then I saw my name, right? Oh, oh, I'm redundant headcount, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the company actually took a gamble on me as well because uh, I had no experience in handling retail business. And that position was uh, basically, I'm in charge of the business, retail business unit of the company. And basically, they would like to see if I can basically take over that other guy uh, who's, who's already there uh, because that guy is slated to move on to the next uh, position and whatever, right, uh, within the company. Yeah. And interestingly enough, um, within a shorter time, instead of one year, within three, four months, then they actually said that, okay, we'll accelerate this process. That guy will move to the next uh, position uh, sooner and I will take over the position. And then um, for, for that role, I am, I'm basically responsible for sales. I'm responsible for operations. I'm somewhat responsible for the marketing, for the retail, and a bit on the supply chain uh, of that of that business. And then one year down of that in that in that work, uh, the marketing, um, the, the head of marketing of that company, 
she left uh, for uh, another opportunity. And then my boss asked me, would you want to try to kind of expand your your scope, your portfolio? Went, well, why not? I mean, if you trust me, I don't know I can do it, but if you believe I can do it, then I will try. So then I added marketing into my portfolio. Mm-hmm. Then basically I was put back to Singapore because in terms of career path, I need to have internal experience within that company. So I moved to Singapore thinking that um, that I would either be doing a strategy job or related to what I was doing, which is handling retail business. But instead, the opportunity that was given to me was to be a marketing communications and digital transformation director, which was then again, is some completely new. It's not something that I've done before, but yeah, I went straight ahead and, and do it. Right. And, um, what was very interesting is that after that, it was, uh, I was in Singapore again and I'm still, rem- I still remember about, you know, this idealistic dream about going back and contributing to Indonesia. And I started realizing that working in MNC at the end of the day might make me moving around to different countries all the time. And I might, I might not be able to spend enough time in Indonesia. So I decided that, okay, maybe I should look for an Indonesian based company where uh, I would still give an, I can still give in an impact to uh, Indonesian community. So. Again, I started applying for a job, and then there's this opportunity with Gojek that comes in, right? And surprisingly enough, the skill set that I learned that I never thought of learning before on uh, marketing, communication, advertising, digital transformation, it becomes something that is very useful uh, for this role that that I'm doing. So that, um, I mean, maybe a bit long, but that's just basically my story about <laughs> the different experiences and how all the while my idea is basically, I want to go back, I want to contribute back to Indonesia. It's been a bit of a roundabout way to do it. Um, but I would say that different experiences uh, that I've had, uh, though it sounded like a detour, uh, but it kind of built up and helped me to uh, be where I am today. Wow. <laughs> that was a roller coaster, right, to listen to. <laughs> um, I can't imagine you were an engineer uh, with what you're currently doing right now. It's so different. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, it's, it's always learning opportunity, right? For example, now my, my current role has got to do with, uh, is kind of B2B in a way. I had to deal with an account management. I had to do, uh, quote unquote direct selling, which was not something that I've done before mm-hmm. also. So yeah, I mean, as long as there's opportunity, uh, and I see that the organization has basically some tolerance to, for their people to learn. Uh, and there is a huge learning opportunity for me. Um, yeah, why not? Let's, let's just try and do it. Right. Right. Yeah. So from your story, I see a lot of different things, right? I see several different countries. I see several different types of very, very different job scopes. And I also see situations where like you're thrown into a situation where you kind of have to handle everything on your own without much clarity and not having done this type of work before. But I think there was also uh, the case where it seems there was some overlap with maybe like a, another colleague. How did you, you know, adapt to all these uh, new uh, work environments and changes, right? For example, uh, even with like different countries, right? You mentioned like different cultures when you were in the project management role. I know, for example, the way of working for Indonesians versus Singaporeans versus like Americans is super, is super, super different. Um, and I know one of the things that I had to go through when I came back from my Western mindset in the U.S. Right, was adapting to the you know work adapting to the working culture back in Indonesia, where things might not be as straightforward, things might not happen as quickly. So, how did you navigate through all that? Mm, okay, thanks. Uh, interesting question. 
Um, so yeah, it, it's something that I'm definitely always learning, right? And as you said, a different community, a different country, people have different culture, and and that kind of influences um, how we work and um, how we work, uh, you know, uh, to handle our responsibilities, and as well as how we work with others, right? Mm-hmm. So I think um, some principles that perhaps I could share that I keep in mind whenever I let's say move country, move jobs is number one is um, being open-minded, very, very open-minded in that sense, and uh, and has a strong desire to continuously learn new things. And there is no, uh, basically, things that are useless, things that are meaningless. Um, there are these small things or certain things that we are learning now, which we may not know what is it for, but maybe down the road, it will be something that's useful, right? So I just mm-hmm. keep myself open-minded. And again, this is related to my belief in that sense that I believe that whatever that happens to me in my life happened for a reason and there's a purpose to it. So that although I'm not, I do not know much about it at this, at that time, but I know that eventually I will be able to put the pieces, uh, you know, the different uh, pieces of the puzzle and see the bigger picture over time. Right. So, mm. so basically open minded desire to continue to learn new things is number one. And then, uh, in that sense, also related to that will be, there is no, that means there's no single right way to do things. Uh, I still remember when I was uh, in um, in my first job in project management, right? Because that's offshore related, it's related to construction. Uh, it's it's not an easy environment, I would say, uh, in terms of culture, in terms of how people treat each other. It's pretty brutal, uh, in my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. And and when I first joined that company, I was so surprised because people just don't mind their language, basically, and uh, swearing all the time, and <laughs> and and even in official meetings, yeah. So, I mean, if it's casual talk, canteen talk or whatever, and you speak casually and sometimes people swear, I think that's, uh, that could be a normal thing. But in a formal meeting that happens, that's really a big shock at the time for me. And what my boss told me at that, at the time, because I was start, I was in the initial part of handling project management. And he told me that, Hey, Chris, I think you're too nice for this job. You need to be a master <laughs> to succeed in this job. Yeah. And the way you do things, you don't. I mean, basically, that's how the culture of the company and not just the company, I think the industry as well. So what I told my boss then at the time was, um, I get what you're trying to say. Um, I know I have a different way of doing things. Uh, but apologies, I would not do, uh, I would not be a bastard as you asked me to because it's not just the way I do things. Mm. So please let me try to do way, the way I do it. It will be different, but it will still get things done. And that's pretty much what, what I did, you know, instead of, Swearing to people, pushing hard, playing bully and, <laughs> and, you know, escalating things unnecessarily. I, I, I tried to work more collaboratively. I tried to understand why people are doing the way they're doing and see where I can help them and, and, and at the same time, where they can help me. And yeah, it's more, you know, longer process. It's, uh, it's more tiring, to be honest. It's easier to be just a bully and push things, uh, you know, make people do. Uh, what you want and use and rely on the power that, that you got from, from the superiors basically, right? Uh, but I'm actually glad that I did that because through the long winded, uh, more, uh, longer journey, I would say, and more time consuming effort taking, uh, but I learned much more, uh, through that process. And it's something that, that I'm glad about. And I think more importantly is that I'm glad that I can stick to my principles. I think that's, that was, um, that this one example that there's no single right way to do things. People might think that, hey, this is the way to do things. You just go and follow, but not really, right? I mean, there are certain things that, uh, certain good things that we can learn, and we should learn. But if we know that if it's against um, our principles, from my perspective, against 
the principles that I believe in, um, is that then we we need to we can find different ways to do things. We just need to have a different perspective. Yeah, and related to that, because again, we are a different culture, uh, different work environment. Um, so what I always think about is that uh, I always need to put myself on other people's shoe. So seek to seek to understand before we uh, seek to be understood. I think that's that's very important uh, because that will help us a lot. Because a lot of in our work, as we move up, we need to uh, not do our work ourselves, but we need to work through other people. We need to work as a team. So this part will be very important, right? Mm-hmm. And then when I move job from country to con- uh, company, uh, even within the same company, different roles, right? Some things that I always keep in mind is that we need to be able to quickly identify what are the skill sets that will help me uh, at the time uh, to be able to uh, thrive in that position. So what are the soft skills? What are the hard skills that are needed to thrive in that new role environment? We may have some. We may not have uh, others skills, right? And if we don't have those other skills, what can we do to then bring us up to speed uh, so at least we could be sufficient? We doesn't. Ha- we don't need to be an expert. We can't be an expert on everything, right? But we need to have just a sufficient enough knowledge and skills in order to thrive in, in our new role environment. And basically, uh, building trust is very important in, in, a, in a new team, in a new environment, new role. So for example, again, within the last three years or so, right? I think I've got, I don't know, five, six bosses uh, yeah. within within three years. So that's a very quick, um, very quick turn, turnover, right? In terms of bosses and on how I need to gain people's trust and so forth. So always identify, understand how you, the, from my perspective, my bosses thing at the time, what is important for him. Again, we have to test it out whether what's important to him means that do I have to compromise my principles? If not, then that's okay. Right. And that means that I'm learning something new again. And then identify what are the quick wins that you get, uh, that you can do in order to gain that trust quickly. Right. And then, mm. then the mid term wins and long term wins. Because in order to smoothen your, your path in, in that new company, a new, new culture, whatever, you need to be able to gain trust of the people that are key to you, that are critical to, to you. So, so that will be an, an important aspect, I think. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and lastly, I think, uh, don't look back. Yeah, keep facing and moving forward because you know you make some decisions. It may not be uh, that easy to reverse, right? So uh, if we keep looking back, then we are we are living in the past, and it's very difficult for us to actually push ourselves to to move on and and focus on how to survive and uh, keep things going. Yeah. So that's that's my thoughts. Right. Um, I kind of want to zoom in a bit on uh, the first point you mentioned, right about your boss saying that you're too nice for this job. Um, mm-hmm. so, so that's really interesting because so like you, uh, I'm also a Christian, right? And I think when I try to consider how to apply those principles to my job, the tendency is usually uh, for it to just be, okay, just be super sacrificial all the time. So always be the bigger mm-hmm. person. Uh, don't focus too much on trying to uh, promote your own self-interest and be the one that is willing to proactively take up the work when nobody else wants to take ownership. And I think in the first couple of years when I uh, was working, it, it, it was okay. Right. So I, I think it did cause a lot of like stress, I guess, cause I end up taking, I might've ended up taking mm-hmm. up more than I could chew, but 
Um, mm. You know, but overall, right, I, I think it did help people uh, see that, okay, like Steve is someone who's, who's always, uh, you know, trying to take ownership and that's great. But then it gets a bit more complicated when you're actually leading a team, right? Because when you're not, when you don't have a team, right, it's basically you and then your stakeholders uh, and the people you work with. And it's easy to say, okay, I just have to be more compassionate. I should just sacrifice my own self-interest for, for, the, for the greater good and not try to push or uh, escalate things too much, like you said. But then when, especially when you have a team uh, below you, right, or as your responsibilities grow, you have to learn eventually to be more assertive and also push people to get the job done because this isn't just really about you anymore, but you also have to consider, you know, the bandwidth uh, and the well-being of your team and those that work with you. So, yeah, you said that there isn't really one right way to do, do things, but I think for a lot of people, we wish there was because that's just easier. Okay, this is like the right way to do it. But how do you think we should balance that, right, between being sacrificial and then also like when to push and be assertive? If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense, and and I think you 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 put a, a very good perspective to it, Steve. Uh, when I mentioned about uh, in my previous job, right in the in the early job, when I need to push people, uh, it is not so much about uh, additional work; it's about mm. uh, compromises, basically. So that's 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 one example, right? But I do agree with you. Uh, when we are no longer responsible just for ourselves, but we are also responsible for other people's life, uh, the team, right? Yeah. When I say life, means their working life, right? Because whatever we agree to to take on uh, because uh, our self-sacrificing thoughts and we're willing to be part of the team in that sense uh, for the greater good, uh, that will also impact other people, right. basically, right? And the time they spend at work and that might affect the time they spend in the family and so forth. And so I, I, I do agree with you, Steve, that uh, there has to be a balance between um, having a big picture that we are part of the team and we need to collaborate um, with compassion but at the same time, we need to look at also, just like we need to be compassionate with the other uh, teams, we need to be compassionate also with the people who kind of uh, rely on us as their leader, mm. right? That uh, we need to be able to somewhat protect the team as well, especially when we know that it might be too much. Uh, and, and then it's time for us to, to kind of uh, be assertive, as you said, um, and push back uh, because then we need to get clarity. You know, if nobody is doing that work, uh, then maybe it's time to actually bring up that topic to the attention of of the uh, of our bosses, right? So then the bosses uh, would need to make a decision on who's supposed to do that work, because the additional work will may require additional resources. So I think it depends on what is the subject, uh, what is the issue at hand, right? That is being pushed around. Is it something that can be resolved? between uh, people of the same level, right? By compromising each other, give and take situations and whatnot. Or is it something that that is going to be long-term? And and for that reason, it's not, some, it's not a decision that could be made by, let's say, by me or by my peer. Uh, but instead, it's a problem or an issue that requires a solution and support from, from our superior. For example, uh, this is a hypothetical one. I said there's additional scope of work that needs to be done. And we know it's not like one time. Right? One time, maybe we could just swallow it and do it in that sense. But if it's not one time, it's going to be uh, extended. Then I, I will not, I have, uh, I have an obligation to my team as well that I cannot strain their um, resources, their, their time um, too thin. Yeah, because there is, there could be an implication of that. Mm. The implication will be then my team will get frustrated. They'll be unhappy. 
uh, it be affecting their past of other life. Uh, and uh, in addition to that, maybe it be if it becomes too much, then they might just leave uh, the team, right. right? So that that becomes a problem to me also, but not just to me, but also to the company. Uh, in that sense, right? So if we think it, if we think about it like that, that means okay. So that means it can't be with the team. And let's say the other team said that. Yeah, but I don't have bandwidth also. Okay, if you don't have bandwidth, I don't have bandwidth. So that means we need to bring it up. And we need to bring up to 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 the superior, to our superior, that, hey, boss, you asked us to do this. There's additional scope, but we have a problem here. Uh, there is nobody uh, that has still uh, bandwidth to do it. Uh, can we think of other solution? You know, is there a possibility to hire a headcount? Maybe not now, but three months later, we could do it in between uh, for a while. Uh, or if it's not possible, is it like a contract person that we could do to to kind of offload some of the work that the team is currently doing? So the team could do that work, which could be more value adding, for example, right? So again, there's different ways of, of doing it, but I do agree with you in principle that um, being um, compassionate uh, or adapting to a new environment does not mean that, you know, we can be uh, pushed around by, by anybody here. So that means uh, also we need to understand uh, our responsibilities, our key responsibilities. And we need, number one, we need to make sure that we have to be able to fulfill that number one responsibilities, right? Because that's what we will be uh, be accountable for. So I think that's number one. And and let's say because of that, uh, this issue, then it makes us unable to kind of fulfill this, this number one obligation or accountability given to us. That means then we need to escalate. We need to seek help. I think being assertive means not just about, you know, pushing back, uh, saying that, okay, can't do it anymore. Uh, can you get other help elsewhere? But also at the same time is also to seek help, you know, having the confidence and, um, uh, and still being comfortable to ask help, uh, from, from other people and also from our superior in that sense, if we can't do it and doing it without being afraid of, ah, if I do that, that means that um, people will perceive me as not cooperative, not not collaborative. I think I think that what assertive means to me. Yeah, I, I like your approach of having a more solutioning mindset, right? Because tying tying this back to the wider theme, right, of masculinity, I think this is where one of the biggest discourses exists, right? Whether you should be completely for your own self interest or you should be completely sacrificial. Uh, to the point of almost being a doorknob, right? Uh, sorry, a doormat, mm. doormat. <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah. yeah, and and I think that that's the nuance that people often don't talk about, right? Because I think maybe for a lot of the colleagues you mentioned that were quote-unquote bullies, they look to their own self-interest so much, right, that they're really not going to compromise at all in order to collaborate in the workplace, but then you also have people who just take everything and never say no, right? And it ends up uh, mm. coming at the expense of, um, you know, the people under them and the people working for them. And I can kind of see that also being applied to family, right? Uh, yeah, I know you you have family already. Uh, so, you, uh, correct, you know, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong. But um, yeah, I think when you're when you have a family, right, you have to think about them also where, for example, like uh, the hours you work and the amount of work and the stress that you put on yourself affects you and affects them also. So you also need to think about that too, how that affects them. You can't just keep on taking everything up, thinking that it only affects yourself. So I think that's the one thing that people often think about what that balance looks like for them. 
Yeah. Um, that is a difficult question, to be honest. I mean, mm. um, to, to be honest, I'm still a student on this on this field also, right? Mm-hmm. Um, about work-life balance between work and, and family life. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm married. I have two kids. Um, one is uh, 10, the other one, sorry, 11, the other one is 7. So, yeah, we and, and we are at a time, especially with the COVID period, right, mm. where we're at a time where uh, it could be more demanding. What I would say is that I help them understand that uh, at this stage, at this um, situation now, um, I need to kind of do longer working hours because it's, it's necessity. And I, I'm blessed also that I have a very supportive wife uh, that helped me on this one. So, um, so what I do is that I do realize that um, in terms of time, right? I, I, I have not really spent, you know, uh, you know, really optimum amount of time with 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 my kids, mm. with my family in a way. Things that I am still trying to, to improve uh, all the while. And but what I am not, una- what I'm unable to to provide, let's say that more time. So what I is that I'm trying to compensate it with with quality uh, during the time that I have with with them. So, for example, on weekdays, uh, my pre- my kids pretty much understand that, you know, during weekdays that uh, I will be pretty much uh, in in my study in my study room, right, and and I'll be working. So whenever they come, they can come, but uh, it has to be you know uh, silent, non 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 obstructive and stuff stuff like that. Uh, but I, uh, that's pretty. They are pretty clear that I won't be able to play with them uh, during the weekdays. But what I commit to them is that during the weekends, that unless something that is really urgent, then I would spend time to to kind of play with them. They they now nowadays they like to play Pokemon, so <laughs> I try to be, you know, more kind of updated with what they're doing. <laughs> so sometimes we play like Pokemon quizzes, you know, uh, this Pokemon fights that Pokemon, what moves work, <laughs> and what uh, you know type compatibility that works between if I want to. Fight a steel and poison type Pokemon and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> Chris, sorry, just, I, I can't imagine just, you playing Pokemon. This is so funny. <laughs> yeah, I have to. Yeah, in a way, but I mean, I'm enjoying that that time also with 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 my kids in the, in that sense to play. Mm. And uh, for example, because of COVID, I'm also glad because in the past, uh, every weekend we have we we normally go out, right? Yeah. And at the at the end of the day, we we meet other people, but we may not spend enough time for ourselves for the family. But now, for example, every Sunday, Saturday evening is like a movie night for us. So everybody get get to choose what movies they want to watch, and always there's that fight, right? Oh, I don't want to watch that movie; it's too girlish, or I want I don't want to watch that movie; that's too boyish, or whatever. Right? Mm. But one lesson that that we could use to to the kids then is actually, hey, it's it's time for you to um, to do a bit of compromise, yeah. I mean, for both sides, right? For the one who picks the movie, and for the ones who who's at the receiving end who got to accept. Basically, mm. and 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 Sunday night is basically a, a game time for the family. It's uh, typically board game time, so yeah. So we we try to find new ways and things to to kind of uh, for myself to compensate uh, quantity uh, by quality time with them. And when I'm with them, normally I put my headphones away. Mm. So that's why um, I, uh, I I mentioned to you and some of my and my team, right? That if you want to reach me during the weekends, please call me. Because if not, then most likely I won't be able to uh, realize until maybe so sometime later, if if uh, you if you guys don't mind, right? So that that's what I do uh, to to basically uh, maintain a balance. And likewise, during uh, the weekdays, uh, once it's like the hour, like uh, in in the evening, right? Let's say I 
I, I, I shut down my computer, let's say at 10. Uh, so I will put my handphones away. Uh, I, I intentionally split my hand, my work phone and my personal phone because I know I'm bad at it if the two are put together. Mm-hmm. So that's also the point of needing to know what is your weakness and your limitations. That is one of my limitations, right? When, if once I, once I got hooked on something, I'm hooked. It's very difficult to detach myself. And that's why I need to put kind of physical barrier to it. So that's why I put my um, work and personal into separate phones. And when the night comes in, I close my laptop. I actually tucked away my laptop inside the back and I put it somewhere else. And I put my handphones outside of the room, very far mm-hmm. away. So then, then it's time for me to, I mean, to spend time for me with, with my wife to, to catch up, chat, uh, watch Korean drama together. <laughs> I am finding out so many new interesting yeah. things about you, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So actually quickly on this one, I was wondering, mm-hmm. um, you gave out really good tips, I guess, on, I guess, like work-life balance and how to handle that, right? Uh, not, not, not right now, but at least like a couple months ago, there was a lot of instances where I think you and I would have to call and discuss something really urgent at like 10, 11 PM at night, which is insane. Yeah. Sorry about that, man. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. It's, it's both of us. I think, right. It was just a crazy time. We were dealing with a lot. Um, I'm wondering, so yeah, you said that you, you're blessed to have a family, right. And a wife that really, uh, you know, supports you is really understanding, right. Did you have to, what's the word? Yeah. Did you have to align this uh, with her, like going to marriage, right? That I think you also married her when you were also really busy. And I know for a lot of people, right, um, having a spouse that works a lot and not very available and has to work late hours is sort of a big problem. How did you like sort that out? And did she did she know that going in, or did that just kind of come up after you guys got married, or or how did you handle that? Well, I think she knows uh, my work habit. I would say. Uh, even before we were married, I mean, we, we were together for about, you know, three years or so, three and a half years before I kind of proposed to her and got married and basically on our fourth year anniversary in that sense, roughly. Um, so she knows kind of, you know, the crazy hours that I spent in the office. Well, at the time, I thought it was kind of more because of work demands because in my office then was crazy. Mm. But then lately, more and more, I kind of realized that maybe it's not just the work. It's not just the, the company, right? But it's also a factor. It is also me um, having a role in that, that I am a perfectionist in that sense that uh, then uh, that I always try to put uh, the best I can uh, on whatever that I do. I put my heart and soul into it. Uh, but yeah, that's what I need to learn, right? That I, I need to kind of manage that so it does not come to the expense of other people. So, so your question about do I have like a very formal conversation about this with my wife? And uh, what is the role of each other? Um, I think, no, not really. Uh, we don't really have, um, you know, that kind of discussions. Please understand this is a situation and blah, blah, blah uh, with my work. And that's why you need to cover this uh, situation and whatnot. Again, uh, I'm pretty blessed that we are kind of complementary to each other. Mm. You know, she is, she is also um, tough in her own way. Um, that she's able to, to juggle all this, manage all this while, while I am, I am, I'm at work. And in that sense, I see that we are a great team player, that we don't need to kind of explicitly, really explicitly say that we need to do this and that and really do a you know, split of responsibility, but we kind of be able to read and understand each other. Mm-hmm. And then we try to adapt with each other depending on the situation. I think that's, um, that's, that's what's, what's great uh, in, in, in my opinion. And, and for certain things, then I took the initiative, right? For example, 
when it comes to cleaning cleaning the house, if you're talk, talking about you know scrubbing the floor in the bathroom, what whatever, I mean, I wouldn't even need to. I mean, I, my wife does not need to ask me to do it. I will I will just do it right before before she even asks me to do it, like mopping the floor and stuff like that. Mm. More more kind of the physical work. There's obviously that is understood that I have to take it up. So I didn't even uh, it, it was not even discussed basically. So so basically, I think again being trying to understand each other. Uh, understand each other's strengths and let um, the other people, you know, play on those strengths, and then we try to cover the other things. Yeah, um, and then if if that is not enough, then yeah, then we need to have like an open communication uh, to to basically um, resolve that before it snowballs into a bigger thing. So I I always kind of like you know uh, in terms of communication, right? Be it at work or or being in my personal life and with my family, if I see there's a potential issue. I want to face it head on instead of you know try to sweep it under the carpet uh, before it actually uh, rolls over and and becomes bigger. Mm, right. Hmm. <laughs> Should I say the topic of this episode is workplace or marriage tips? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry if I digress. No, yeah. no, it's okay. <laughs> I I wanted to know. Yeah, I wanted to know too. Um, and I think those are those are really good tips for the guys listening who are married or. <laughs> want to get married in the future uh yeah <laughs> tips for you guys to live by i guess i want to close up by uh talking about uh motivation right so one thing i've noticed is that i think a lot of people nowadays have uh or and i guess men's men specifically i mean i'm just going to talk about men because i can't comment on like how women think but a lot of us here sort of struggle with being motivated at work right i think it's sort of an effect of um how our world is, things are becoming more digital, service-based. So I see that maybe sometimes you don't really see the output uh, in the work that you do as much compared to maybe during our grandparents' time. And I think also it's an effect of, I know for a lot of people, uh, maybe they started uh, you know, a smaller company where everyone was really tight-knit and output was generated a lot faster, but then as the company grows uh, more structured, more corporate and bigger and bigger, and uh, there's more layers, right, then the value uh, that you see in your work becomes uh, less and less tangible. And, and then I also think that, yeah, yeah, for, for some people, I guess they only have a mindset of just saying it's all about the money, right? They don't really have like a larger purpose, like in their work. So for them, they don't really care about what they're doing, right? They're just looking for where they can get a paycheck raise. So I guess my question is, you know, what kind of motivation should we have going into the workplace? Um, and I guess, how do we stay motivated, uh, given all these challenges? Because even the company that we work in, like a lot of other fast-growing companies, experiences a lot of changes. And, you know, sometimes you may be working on something or you're forming an initiative, and then all of that has to change right away because of external changes that happen. So how do we stay motivated uh, amidst all this? Yeah, I, I think um, maybe before I elaborate a bit, but I want to make a bit of disclaimer, right? Because I do, again, I don't think there is, you know, one right answer for everything. I, I don't, I don't. I can't say that my answer is the right one in that sense, but what I can share is uh, what what I believe basically and what has helped me so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, I think motivation is 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 definitely uh, an ongoing problem or challenge for everyone, right? Be it uh, somebody uh, who's at school, who's just started working, or has been 
you know, midlife, uh, where I'm nearing at now, and maybe even after midlife, right? I think it's motivation that um, is is an issue, is a challenge that always comes up, even when you know at times where we think that we are already kind of maturing and we are somewhat uh, more stable, the motivation challenge can still kick in uh, because of the changes that you mentioned just now. Because we don't know what's what's going to happen. Right, we could be very motivated before, and then COVID hits, and situation, environment change. Right, yeah. we gotta be stuck at home, and and uh, and and this factor, you know, plays differently to to different people. Some people are fine with it. Some people can be completely demotivated because they don't see other people anymore, for example, right, and being stuck uh, within within the home. So I think that always happens. So, but but for me, in general sense, uh, for me, I'll start uh, when we talk about motivation. I'll start with uh, having the north star right and keeping mm. that north star always in view uh even when you lose sight of what's right in front of you think about you know the longer term view uh, longer term vision uh be it from a personal standpoint uh what is your own personal vision and where you want to go yeah uh and and at the same time what is the company's vision right and the north star so uh having the two um, north star i mean those those vision will uh, for me it typically helps me when I, when I'm going through a difficult or um, situation or where there's lots of lack of clarity, and uh, there's when things are changing a lot and there's a lot of dynamics, so that, that's one thing that helped me to uh, keep moving. Yeah, uh, looking at the long long term vision, and then you know instead of being demotiv- demotivated because it's not going to solve anything, let's do something about it. You know even. If it's may not be the 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 uh, the most correct thing to do at that point of time, uh, but it's better than idling and being demotivated. That's my thinking. Yeah, and mm. again, look look far. I think that's one point. And you mentioned something that's interesting that a lot of people generally chase for money and and when I mean wealth and and power in that sense position, right? Mm. To me, uh, I'm not going to say that those are not important, right? I think those are important, right? We need we need money uh, to survive in this world, right? Uh, and we need money to take care of our family. I need money to be able to put my kids in good school. So I need money. Yeah. And, and along with that would be, you know, of course, in order to get that, then I would need, um, to go up in, in, in the corporate ladder. I need to, uh, get new position and stuff like that. So I think that's normal. But what, in my opinion, what we need to chase, what I chase is that, uh, which is something I need to keep reminding myself, right? Because, it could I could be easily influenced by having focus on getting the money and the position, but forgetting everything else. So what I tend to remind myself is that um, that let's I need to focus on uh, when I'm at work, right, uh, and and doing something that I need to focus on learning. I need to focus on the knowledge that I can get. Yeah, I need to focus on the value uh, that I create or the impact that I can create by working what I'm by doing what I'm doing. And I need to focus on integrity mm. because in my opinion, if we focus on learning, we focus on knowledge and enriching um, uh, ourselves all the time when we're working, it's not just the money. I mean, we can get money by doing something that does not give us lots of knowledge, right? But then it's only for that mm. time. How about the longer term? And then if we focus on knowledge, that means we are making ourselves more valuable over time, whether or not in that particular company we are getting the pay that we're supposed to get, we're getting the position that we're supposed to get. But as long as I'm still learning, to me, that's still somewhat okay. Of course, within a limited duration, right? And second is that for me, I want to focus on creating impact. What what 
whether my works actually create impacts. Uh, you know, whether the company that I'm working at create impacts, not just impact for me personally, but uh, impact for the greater good, right? And then lastly, I want to focus on on integrity. You know, because when we strive for these things, in my opinion, when I strive for these things, I see that you know uh, the 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 pay raise, the uh, new positions that will come. To me, the pay raise and the positions that is like a byproduct, but uh, that is that should not be uh, the goal. That should not be the aim. Again, I, I I mentioned to you just now. I need to remind myself about this, right? Because once um, once in a while, I, uh, my my thinking, my mind can slip into those uh, those thoughts, right? Ah, crap! I need to do this because I need that promotion. I, I need to do this because I need that pay raise. But yeah, but then again, that will frustrate you if you don't get it. Mm-hmm. Right, but if we focus on the things that matters more, like do I learn things? Do I create impact? And if the answer is yes, then to me that helped me going. Right, and of course, if if you are in a company uh, and and you are like you are in that situation for, you know, not like one year, two years, but maybe a few years, you're like that. That means you are in a, you are in the wrong place, in my opinion, because that means you're in a company that you're not being appreciated, despite. Uh, the mm-hmm. knowledge that you're contributing, despite the impact that you are creating, and it's despite the fact that you you are a person of integrity. So, if that's the case, then maybe it's a time to move. That's my opinion. Yeah. So, in in that sense, right, it's very important to identify what your priorities are when you're working, right, mm-hmm. and then um, then measure the um, how what you're doing actually relates to the priorities that you have. Yeah, as long as they're somewhat matching uh, within that time frame. Then maybe that's still okay, right? But over time, if it's uh, clearly, if that job has clearly, you know, um, devalues you, uh, make to neg- uh, have making you have negative mindset and stuff like that, and and you know that the company that you're working for, or your boss, is not appreciative of you, um, then that that means it's time it's time to move on, yeah. So there's there's no need to be, in my opinion, to be overly, how to say, how should I put it, uh, overly loyal, maybe. To a, to a company, if you know that you're doing your best, you're focusing on the right things, and you are creating those impacts uh, uh, and 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 um, you know positive contributions, but things are not just just not changing for you. So yeah, maybe it's time for you to to kind of move on. Right. And, and one last thing, if I may say on this one, right, is that I think we need to be also be aware uh, in a in a situation of uncertainty. Uh, that we need to focus on things that we can change, that we can control. Mm-hmm. Not to the extent that I'm a control freak, right? But mm-hmm. there are certain things that you you can control and you can't control. Like for example, what COVID is happening, you can't control that, right? What your competition is doing, you can't control that. But how do we respond to that? Is something that we can control. So uh, again, when when we are demotivated because of the environment or situation that's changing, uh, focus on what on the things that we can control. Uh, that we can manage, right? And instead of focusing on what we can't, what we cannot control, those that we can't control, the only thing we could do is to accept, right? Either to accept the changes if it's environmental, environment related, like COVID, for example, uh, or um, ask help from somebody. Yeah, escalate, like for example, like the exa- uh, the one that I shared about. Let's say there's a job scope that's not within my team and the other team, and we know that we are frustrated about it. We can't do anything about it. Ask help. Because we know that our boss should be able to help us on that. Mm. Right? So I, I think that's identifying what we can control and what we can't. I think that's uh, there's also an important aspect for us to, uh, you know, to to help overcome that period of demotivation. And yeah, 
you know, keep always uh, looking for you. Look, look at the North Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, I think uh, we got to wrap up soon, but I guess as a closing words, Chris, uh, yeah, thanks again for uh, coming and uh, wanting to record this episode with me. And yeah, I, I think uh, I really appreciate the fact, right, that um, I got to meet you from uh, us working in the same company and us being, and we got to have all these really great conversations, right? sometimes about work stuff at 11 p.m. at night, but other times I think it's more of these, you know, live talks, right, on how to navigate uh, through all the craziness uh, that we experience uh, in our company, uh, but also just as as men of the faith. And, and I think one thing that I would definitely say to uh, people listening, right, is finding a good mentor is always really important. This mentor can be your direct supervisor, but not not, not necessarily, but if there's people in the company that you think embodies the values that you believe in, but also has more experiences uh, and knowledge and how to practice them in your day to day, form relationships with those people, right? Because you never know uh, what can come out of them. Sometimes it, uh, it can have professional value, but sometimes you can also just make a really good deep relationship with another person, uh, which you can learn a lot from. Yeah, any, any last... Yeah. Uh, Totally agree. Words from you, Chris, before we close off. Um, yeah, just one last one, maybe, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, related to what you mentioned about mentoring just now. So, uh, indeed, I think having a good mentor has helped me along the way a lot. I've got good mentors uh, in during my different opportunities, be it when I was in Singapore the first time and then when I was in the U.S. I always um, somehow was kind of blessed to, to be able to have a good mentor uh, around me. Uh, so, identifying those good mentors and then, you know, be upfront about it. Yeah. You can, I uh, think you can mention to those persons that, Hey, I would like you to be my mentor. Would you, would you mind doing it? And generally, if they're really good mentors, I don't think they will mind. Yeah. I think they will be more than happy to do that. And that will help you not just about your work skills, but, uh, helping you to, uh, to understand more about what the things that are happening, especially when, when we're just starting right at work, we need, we need to uh, have more of insights and have, have somebody who hear us and give us a different perspective. Uh, I think that's really important. And one thing, if um, related to that, right? Uh, when we're at work, if it's not, let's say, not our own company yeah. that we manage, typically we need to report to somebody. Uh, always keep an eye of a good leader, in my opinion. Good leader doesn't mean people who always be nice to you and always ask about how you're doing. I mean, that could be one part of it. Uh, but good leader, in my opinion, is also somebody who cares about our, our development, right? And who stretch us and help us bring. Uh, 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 help us meet uh, or, or reach our potential or even go beyond our potential, right? Uh, to me, that's, that's a definition of good leader because if good leader means just being nice, that means we could be, uh, that means we may not be developing our potential, but a good leader, uh, should be the one that helps us grow and sometimes even grow beyond, uh, that leader, uh, he himself or herself, right? In the future. So that's, that's my, my thoughts. And, and related to this leader mm. as well is that look for people who has good integrity and principles. Uh, without that, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, it's very difficult for you to basically trust the person, right? And, 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 and believe and have faith that, you know, whatever the person is doing and saying is that you have good intentions behind it. So yeah, leader has good, the good leader has to have good integrity as well and principles. That's, that's all. Uh, so again, uh, uh, again, I just want to thank you, Steve, for giving me this opportunity. I think it's been great, um, fortunate. And I hope what, what I've shared again is just my opinion, but I hope it could be 
um, useful to you and 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 your friends and whoever who's listening to this podcast. Yep, definitely. Thank you, Chris. Uh, hope we can meet in person maybe after this pandemic ends. Uh, yeah, but until then, uh, stay safe, and I'll see you. I'll see you in our next Zoom call. <laughs> right. Thanks, man. Thank you. Bye.